So, you're looking for something different. Well, you found it. Right here with expat entrepreneur Jewel Daniels. Pushing boundaries on the solopreneur journey, where we're all about learning to build beyond just business. Let's get it. The solopreneur journey listeners, guess who's in the house today? Stacey Kieselman is with me, and I am so excited to have her share her journey, her story, because everyone has something so valuable that can be this nugget of help, inspiration, and just very mindfulness, thoughtfulness for all of us, especially during this season of the pandemic. So welcome, Stacey. Hi. Hi. Wonderful. So we had a chance to meet over the internet on Facebook, correct? Yeah, that's how people meet nowadays. Isn't that's exactly what I was going to say. This pandemic has changed things in such extraordinary ways, but the big world has become smaller. Yeah, and I mean that's how we do things. We we're we're online, we do Zoom meetings and uh, before the pandemic, it's it this we would take that for granted, and we would say, "Oh no, we can't meet online. Why not?" Yeah. So, how has that changed for you? What kind of impact the positive things that have been coming into your life? Well, people now see that I that people can work from home, and pe- well, you know, we you can outsource a writer without meeting them. And I'm a freelance writer and I always work from, I've always worked from home. So I've been in quarantine for five years since I've been doing this. <laughs> um, but a lot of my potential clients, they don't understand that you don't like, you know, they want to meet the person before they work for, uh, with them. And I completely understand that because you, as I mean, if I were in their, sh- in, in my client's shoes, I would want to see who I'm working with and who's doing my work and who's seeing my work, right? Um, and who's putting my ideas uh, to life on, on paper. But the thing is that people didn't realize that you can meet each other through Zoom meetings. And uh, for me, it's it was essential before the pandemic because I have a chronic illness I have a f- and I have a mental illness and sometimes that could lead to a lot of like n- me not being able to uh you know use transportation use transportation I don't drive I use the public transit or or I use Uber so I have limitations but at the same time these limitations shouldn't stop me from working and so this pandemic really led to people understanding what I've been trying to prove for so many years. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, the challenges that you have faced and what that has meant to your life as a writer. I faced a lot of challenges, but at the same time, they made me who I am and they made me stronger and realized that I can be an entrepreneur. I'm what I am, what I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I was in school for human resources and I had all these plans. I was in college for seven years. And um, then two weeks before I graduated, I was involved in an, in an almost deadly car accident with my husband. And I was still job searching after college. And the call, call, I mean, 
the co- my college school system was very kind to me in the sense because they let me graduate no problem at my own pace despite the car accident and they were very understanding the job force wasn't very kind to me and the recruiters would just say no to me i wouldn't be called for an interview or when i was called for an interview there were times where i physically couldn't go there because of the challenges that i was facing at the time due to the car accident um and so 6 months later i was just tired of rec- of of recruiters saying no to me and I'm the really just the type of person that I need to feel useful. I need to do something with my life, you know, like I can't just mm-hmm. sit around um, at the house and not do anything. So I remember six months after the car accident, I remember I took my credit card and I made a website and I started promoting myself as a freelance writer and writing was always a, a passion of mine. Since college, I used to work part-time as a writer as well. And in college, I used to have to write a lot for for, for essays and reports, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that was supposed to be a side hustle until I found a full-time job. But um, five years later, I'm still a freelance writer. (laughs) I love it. You see, your side hustle became your main hustle. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And you know what? It didn't stop there. Um, a year after the car accident, I was, um, I had a seizure and then, and that's, uh, and that's something that comes a a lot of people, a lot, a lot of uh, people who are car accident survivors do experience seizures and are diagnosed with epilepsy. And so, uh, that led to a lot of hardships because, um, again, that was when I was a new entrepreneur and, Again, a lot of people didn't understand where I was coming from. And, right. you know, like, um, I, I do understand why they wouldn't understand, why they wouldn't understand. But since I started, I started, I really began, um, I really began learning about the work-life balance. And I have, mm-hmm. I've had clients who have been really understanding with my work schedule and with my health and everything else. Um, but there came a lot of mental health struggles with that. And my husband, uh, really, um, he recommended that I start journaling. So I started journaling all my feelings, all my anger and my frustrations, things, things that I really wouldn't really talk about with my friends or family. Um, it was, so it became like therapy sessions for me, except in writing, Mm-hmm. Um, and as I started learning more about entrepreneurship and uh, chronic illness and mental illness and how women and women specifically do start entrepreneur being uh, uh, side hustles because of their chronic illnesses. Um, and then I and then I read the statistics. I mean, one in 26 people are diagnosed with epilepsy and one in four individuals are now are do battle mental illness and so after learning all of yes so after learning all of this I realized that there's an opportunity there and I realized that maybe you know what maybe I should uh publish my journal and so now my journal became a book which is now available yes which is now available on on Amazon and I'm also working on the second book as well and okay, but wait, 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 before you go any further, tell us the okay. title of the first book. 
The title of the first book is 12 Years a Woman, My Journey to Happiness. And it's exactly what it's, the title is, says. It's about 12 years of my life. So you get to see um, and the journey of how, what I went, of what I had to go through in those 12 years to get to where I am today. Um, so you get to read about my life before the car accident, mm-hmm. during, the, during the struggles of the car accident, and then after that. And all the things that you get to learn more about my business. And then my second book will be a, a sort of like a continuation of my first book. Um, and so the first book is more about how my chronic illness affected my personal life and my personal life, how my personal life affected my chronic illness. Right. But the second book will be more about uh, starting about having a business, being a female entrepreneur who ha- who is battling a chronic illness and a mental illness. Mm, that's so incredible in terms of your journey and the bravery it has taken for you to not just tell other people's stories, but to tell your own story. So how did you get to a place of finding comfort with doing that? That I, you know, I realized that my book was something I lacked when I was going through what I was going through. And I wish I had something like that. And so I'm giving my readers something that I never had. Wow. I just had to settle on that for a minute because there's so many books out there and all the stories I'm sure, you know, are interesting and appeal to different people. But to be battling, to me, in my mind, three different things, right? Your chronic physical illness as a result of the accident, the mental illness, and the charge to take on becoming a solopreneur. That oh, and I also a- have cerebral palsy. <laughs> my goodness, that should be a bestseller in and of itself. So as a writer, what type of work, what's your genre, what's your specialty? Oh my goodness. I mean, I started out small. I, when I started out, I started out with what I knew, which was anything that had to do with human resources. So I edited and made resumes and cover letters at first. And then a few months later, um, actually while I was going through my chronic illness, um, I started getting noticed more and there was a lot of word of mouth going on there. Um, and I started getting more, more projects. I started getting bigger projects. So now I work with college and university students. I work with uh, job seekers. I work with entrepreneurs, authors, and other professionals. And I write and edit and proofread things like resumes and cover letters still five years later. Mm-hmm. I, um, and then website content, uh, blog posts, uh, government documents. Um, and then, uh, what else do I do? <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. Um, how did that turn into you actually? I mean, I know you took your journal and you made that into a book, but now that you're working on your second book, How did your gift for professional writing turn into an ability to write a book? Because those are, you know, kind of 
different skill sets when you're writing something, a longer piece versus very, you know, specific documents? There was, I realized that um, being a freelance writer and a author are two completely different things. I love what I do as a freelance writer. I mean, I get to bring something to my clients that they can't do themselves. And it's okay not to be, to not be good at something, you know? Right. That that's, it's okay to not being a good writer. That's why you outsource a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but as an author, I write for myself and it's sort of like a self-care moment as a freelance writer, you mm-hmm. write for others and that's amazing. But uh, being an author, you write for yourself and you write down your own feelings and frustrations. And I realized how much I lacked the self-care part of my journey because as I go through a chronic and a mental illness, and then I, I'm also um, a business owner, I don't, I realized that I didn't take responsibility for my health you know, because I was doing things for other people and in my personal life as well. I mean, I was making other people happy and I was sacrificing my health for it. And that's Mm. something I realized through my writing process. And that's also something that is self-care as well. And that's so many realizations came through my writing and so much, um, so much healing and, uh, recovery happened throughout the process. So I'm so grateful for that. And I still love what I do to this day. I mean, I get to learn. I mean, I love my right. I love being a freelancer. I I love being an author. You can't ask me like, what do I love more? Because I love Uh both. Well, that's good because I think we're in a new season where people have to recognize that the power of life is about having options. So you shouldn't have to choose between them. If you love them both and you're good at both of them, then walk in the gift of having multiple blessings, uh, so to speak. So in managing this, um, how does your mental illness impact your ability to operate your business? A mental illness is not something that you fully recover from and a chronic illness as well. Um, you know, there are days where I can't, that I'm unable to do my work. I'm unable to uh, speak to my clients. And there was a time where I couldn't work for five months. Um, and then, and then when I got the strength to work again, the pandemic started. Um, but I, you know, and that was really challenging for me. Um, so, but at the same time, it doesn't end there because that's something that can make you stronger. And again, it's a, lo- a lot of it has to do with self-care and understanding your triggers and, um, and understanding when to stop working. So mm-hmm. I'm actually grateful that I have a chronic illness and a mental illness because be- thanks to it, those two things, I have a better relationship with my body. And that way my body... T- uh, communicates with me on when to stop you know like i because as entrepreneurs we always just want to go 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 but you have to realize at some point that you have to take care of yourself money yes. we all want money but money comes and goes you know it does 
you're not sustaining your health, you won't have the capacity to even make money. Exactly. But, and so health doesn't, and you know, if you go, go, go without stopping, there will be a time where like me, you won't be able to work for five months. So it's better to take a break for a day and you know, either it's better to lose a client and if the per- and, and if a client and the person is a good person the client will understand yes so given that you have been able to find the positives in navigating the challenges the health challenges that you have during this pandemic have you been tested to pivot in any kind of a way the pandemic was really good for me in when it comes to taking care of my health. I obviously haven't had as much work as I used to, um, but it also gave me an opportunity to promote myself more. Mm. So now I'm getting more requests for um, and more inquiries for the upcoming year, for instance. And again, bigger projects. I mean, a lot, and a lot of people have uh, wanted to do a lot of good work, um, for instance, during the pandemic. And so they hired me to, uh, to write for them. Also, I just took care of my health and I wrote the book. I got the chance to finish the book and write it at the perfect time. It's and uh, publish it at the perfect time. And Things didn't go according to plan, but my plan B turned out to be better than plan A. Oh, I love that. I love that. When I was a little girl, my mother used to always say, have a plan A, but you better have a plan B. And my dad uh, would tell me, I'm your plan B. So, you know, it was just his sweet, loving way. But my mother always said, okay, that's nice. (laughs) But you better have something beyond just your daddy. And the fact that you can say your plan B became something that elevated your primary plan speaks to how you can find these opportunities despite the crisis. Yes. I mean, my whole career is a plan B. And honestly, I can't imagine working right now as a as a human resources professional, I can't. I love what I do. I love being a writer. I love bringing something to my clients that they lack. I mean, I have, for instance, I learned through each project. I learned through the smallest project I ever have. I learned through the biggest project I ever had. Um, right now, for instance, I'm editing a book for a client that I've worked with for probably more than three years now, for sure. More than three years. And so obviously that means I'm, I hope I'm pretty good at what I do, you know, (laughs) considering that I've worked with her for three years. And so, I mean, I, no matter what the project is, no matter who I work with, I get to learn so much about different things that I wouldn't have learned. I wouldn't have known of otherwise. And I wouldn't even think of, of researching these uh, otherwise so and again I can't imagine like I hope to get a nine-to-five job as well but I don't want to do just a nine-to-five job for sure right because this is something that you love what have been some of the perhaps the misconceptions you had about starting a business and being able to be successful at that 
given the challenges that you have with your your health and your your mental uh, illness? <laughs> when I was started out, um, it has nothing to do with mental health and chronic illness, but the misconception about my uh, with with what I do in my industry is that writers don't have to talk, and I'm an introvert. I don't like to talk much, and so. I figured, okay, so I do, and I'm going to write because as a freelance writer, you don't have to write. And then as I could, as the years went by and I continue being a freelance writer and I'm thinking to myself, wait, I talk more than I write. How? I'm a freelance writer. <laughs> but like as a business owner, no matter what you do, even writing, right. 80% of what you do is communication. You have to get your clients somehow. Right. Absolutely. And so that was my misconception. <laughs> that that's a great example, because I think people want to go into business very often because they have something that they love to do. They might be a great chef. They may be an incredible seamstress. They could be wonderful at coaching. And they forget that building the business is about engaging people making connections with people and people do business with those who they trust and they create this kind of connection with. So if you don't learn how to communicate well, your business is going to really struggle. Yes. And for me, it's even, it's, it's harder for me because I work with, I don't necessarily have a niche, you know, I can work with people like you who have a podcast and I can write a script. I know some people don't like the, um, you know, like go, like talk as you go, go as you talk. But right. some people like scripts. So, um, you know, I was hired to uh, do a presentation for a woman who, is bu- who built a course, for instance. Mm-hmm. And so that's a different communication strategy and different marketing strategy than I would do with a job seeker, for instance, or a, or a uh, college and university student. So I really have to learn for, from, from what I do. I really have to learn how to communicate with different types of people and different right. groups of people because they're all different. Which you probably had a bit of that skill anyway because you were interested in HR. And that is certainly required for a human resource, you know, professional. What kind of advice would you give to people about um, being able to stare down your challenges and still pursue a dream where they are running their business for themselves, being a solopreneur? That's a great question. Um, I would say if you have even the slightest bit of thought of starting a business, do it. People in my case, for instance, a lot of people laughed at me when I said I was starting a business. A lot of people doubted me because I have a, because I have cerebral palsy and because, you know, I was, uh, it took me longer to go to finish college and then my career was on hold and everything else and blah, 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 blah. But I did it anyway. And I didn't listen to anybody. And that's something that you get to read in the book if you want to uh, learn about it further. Um, So just do it. And then also, I would say, as you're running your business, learn through, through, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Because as entrepreneurs, we always make mistakes. Um, And that's 
making mistakes is the only way to run a business really because running a business is hard you will make make mistakes but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a factor in stopping you from running the business mm. i love that you said that because we learn from our mistakes if you're paying attention right if you pay attention you learn from your mistakes and no one comes to the table with all the information and all the answers yeah exactly exactly i made a lot of mistakes um in my business but it also those mistakes made me into a better entrepreneur and yes i lost some clients yes i lost money yes i sacrificed my health for it and if you have a business and you started a business while because of your health struggles you have to remember that you shouldn't be, sacrifice your health for your business mm. as well That's true. so those three things really those are great examples of what people face despite whatever type of business you're in. And we often have to remind ourselves as those who are solopreneurs, if you're not taking good care of yourself, there is no business. And you know what, you know, even if it's online, because we all do things online right now, right? Correct. I learned through that, those, through those five months that I wasn't able to work, I realized that your potential clients see right through you, even on mm. social media. Whoa, that's good. Even on the internet. If you're having a bad mental health day, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you are not mentally there, people will see right through you and they will not want to work with you. So be careful, be kind to yourself, be kind to your mind, rather than be kind to your clients. Because if you're not kind to your mind, your clients will not even want to work with you. Oh, I, you know, that's such a powerful point. That is such a powerful point to, to make for people because this journey sometimes make you feel as if you have to constantly be on the grind and that if you pause, you will lose something in the process not realizing that if you pause, rethink, right? Restructure, reframe, then very often you come back better than when you were struggling to take care <laughs> of the physical fight that you were having with yourself and the mental battle that you're having with yourself to keep pushing on because you're not firing on all engines and you're not your, your, your best self. Yeah. And then once you get back up, you will get even more clients. And I mean, a lot of people right now, they, uh, they hear my story and they want to work with me more because there, I went through a lot of struggles in my life and there are people who have it worse. Let's just say that. Right. I mean, um, there are people who, who uh, are still battling their fights and who will battle their fights but I, I don't take that for granted at all. Um, but I realized that a lot of people want to work with me more because of my struggle, because they see that even though I went through my struggles, you know, I'm building a business. I live on my own. I have a husband who loves me. And 
I live my life as normal as I can. I'm a woman. I'm a businesswoman. I'm a disabled businesswoman. And you know what? I'm proud to be where I am today. And I'm proud to have achieved what I have achieved, even if it's as, even if it was at a slower pace. Um, but that slower pace, uh, with that slower pace, I know that I'm taking care of myself and my health and, and my body. Yes. Your tenacity becomes the courage for so many other people. I thank you so much for sharing this story. How can our listeners find you? They can find me on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, I am at Stacy Freelance Ninja. On Instagram, I am at Stacy Freelance. And I love connecting with everybody. I, you know, send me a message with your inquiries. If you can't find my book, message me. I will send you a link. Um, the, the, both ebook and paperback versions are available on Amazon today. That's wonderful. And I want to remind them, Stacy is S-T-A-C-I-E. Yes. 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 <laughs> right. Because I want to make sure they find you correctly. Stacy, what a gift you have given to our listeners. I'm so glad that you wake up every day with the energy to keep pushing on because you have so much to give and to share and to make a difference. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. Thank you for having me. It's been another great time spent with you. Thanks for joining this episode of the Solopreneur Journey with expat entrepreneur Jewel Daniels, where we love being your ear candy. Let us hear from you by dropping a note at www.thesolopreneurjourney.net. Remember, you may be working on your single shingle enterprise, but you're not alone. See you next time when we push boundaries to build beyond just business.